This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Hey everyone, welcome back. This week's Clubhouse special edition episode is with your hosts, Kevin and Ashley, and their guest is Angie Lewis. Angie is back to talk about personal branding, how she markets to her personal branding clients, how she interacts with them, and more. There's always great questions. It's such a fun episode to listen to, especially if you're interested in personal branding. So let's get started with Kevin, Ashley, and Angie. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast, Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Condit, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce Education. Nikki Klosser hosts our Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse Edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for the Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kevin. I'm always excited to be here, and I'm excited to introduce Angie Lewis to everyone, and she is a Houston, Texas-based portrait photographer. So welcome, Angie. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Happy Friday. (laughs) Before we get started, I always like to let our live listeners know that for the first 30 minutes of the interview, Kevin and I will go ahead and interview Angie. And then at that halfway point, we do open it up to audience questions. And we do love when you guys interact and engage and ask questions with us. So if you think of a question too early, jot it down so you don't forget. And when it's time to ask a question, you'll just do that by hitting the hand icon in the lower right-hand part of your screen, and then we will be able to bring you up on stage so you can ask your question. Perfect. Thank you, Ashley. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Angie. Thank Uh, you. I appreciate you guys having me. So there's been a bit of conversation about personal branding within the SBE members group. We just had Nikki Kloster release a fantastic personal branding course on the Portrait Masters store. So we wanted to continue the conversation with you and chat about what makes personal branding such a game-changing and lucrative services for photographers to offer. So how long have you been specializing in personal branding? Gosh, well, 
kind of since I started or maybe a couple of years into, you know, my business, I started doing portraits first, of course. Um, but I came from a, a corporate background. I worked in HR recruitment for the best part of about 20 years. So headshots just in personal branding kind of came naturally to me and I, I really enjoyed doing it. And I felt like I could really connect with people that needed those type of images. So it's the funny thing is now it's, it's probably the lion's share of, of what I'm photographing. Would you say that most of your clients are corporate clients or do you get a lot of like solopreneurs, coaches, fitness people? Like what is the type of, um, what is the type of business that's typically coming to you for a branding shoot? Sure. That's a great question. I, I do get a lot of solopreneurs and, and small businesses. And then of course, some you know bigger companies that need on location work. But yeah, I would say probably a good 75% are either independent business owners or people that work with um, a small firm. I get a lot of real estate agents, for example. So that's um, you know something that we, we see a lot here in Houston. 20 years in, in HR, <laughs> I guess that really does make you comfortable within this realm of you know photography and the people that you have coming in. Uh, can you give us a bit of a breakdown of your packages for your personal branding? Sure. So I have two. The, the, the most popular one is the what I call a personal branding package. And it's one that's really kind of an all-inclusive. It's styled for people that need more than just a couple of headshots. Um, it's for someone who needs, you know, anywhere from 15 or 20 images, you know, sometimes more. Um, it's multiple wardrobe changes. Um, we do them either in the studio or on location, but a lot of those, you know, are in studio. Um, but they include hair and makeup. Uh, we I do a styling appointment over Zoom with them. We do wardrobe consultation. We talk a little bit through their must-have images and what they're looking for. We look at you know some reference images, things like that. Uh, talk about branding colors and all the components that go into um, customizing that for them. And so um, that's that's kind of the the most popular one that we shoot, and it's it's very customized. So I think a lot of people really like that. And um, it does include an image credit. Um, and then we do, you know, a reveal and ordering appointment over Zoom with them for that. And then, of course, you know, editing is included as well. So that's that's kind of the most popular package and what most people book. And then once a month, I do what I call a headshot mini. And that's just perfect for someone who needs one or two images and, you know, updating their LinkedIn profile or their company is like, hey, we're, we need, you know, an email signature updated image, that kind of thing. And so we shoot quite a few people on the same day, but we only do those once a month. So most people, like I said, usually prefer that the personal branding package just because it's it's very hands-on and there's a lot involved with that. With both packages, are they just getting digital images or do you also encourage ordering of prints or how do you handle that? It's mainly just digitals. Now with the, the personal branding package, sometimes they'll want to parlay in a, a personal portrait with that or we have clients that want to bring their dogs in the studio. And so usually if we do a couple of personal portraits in conjunction with the personal branding shoot, I'll just give them a couple of, of prints you know, that go along with that. Um, I use Graphy Studio. You, know, I, you guys are very familiar with them, I know. Um, and I love their fine art prints. So it's just kind of a a nice little, you know, added touch to be able just to say, hey, you know what, we took these couple of portraits. I'm just, you're, you're getting the digitals anyway, but I'm going to go ahead and gift you um, some of these prints as well. And and they, they just love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And Graphy does have the most beautiful prints ever, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, so can you just let us know what like the price or the price range is and your average mm -hmm. sale for those personal branding packages? 
And I'd love to know pricing for the minis as well. Yeah, absolutely. So the personal branding session fee is $12.90 plus tax. And that includes a $500 image credit. So my images are $250 each. So obviously they would get you know two images with that image credit. But 99% of my clients fall in love with more than just two images. And especially if they're spending a couple of hours with this in the studio and doing multiple wardrobe changes, you know, they're, they're going to want and need more than two. So I always let my clients know that, hey, you can actually take your $500 credit then and apply that toward an image collection. And that's what the majority of people do. So the images coll- image collection started eight images for $14.90, and then a 16 image collection is $28.90, and then a 25 image collection is $36.90. So they're incentivized to purchase more because they're less per image when they, they when they bundle those that way. Um, and so most of my clients, you know, really very few take eight. Most will buy either a 16 or a 25 image collection. So for those sessions, my average is usually around 4,000. Um, and then, oh, wow. but, you know, it's worth it because we're spending the day in the studio with them. You know, we start about 10 o'clock. Hair and makeup is the first hour. And then we wrap up about, you know, three or so, give or take, depending on how long you know, it takes for the shoot and how many wardrobe changes that we do. So we're really dedicating that day to them in the studio. Um, so those are the, like I said, kind of the lion's share of what we shoot. And then once a month, I do, I photograph headshot minis. And so the session fee for that is $4.90 plus tax. That comes with two images. Um, they do get hair and makeup with that as well. It's a very condensed version. We don't, you know, set up furniture pieces and style things. It's, it's you know, very, um, we're shooting on seamless paper backdrops and it's usually quarter crops, that kind of thing. And they get two images with that. And additional images are $1.90 each if they do that. And then I also kind of incentivize them to buy more. So I'll do kind of a buy two, get one free option. And most people for the headshot minis will usually wind up between or wind up purchasing between five and eight images in total. That's awesome. So if you're including um, makeup in the hair and makeup in the headshot minis, because uh, in my mind, when I hear minis, I always think like it's a 20-minute session, a 30-minute session. But right. guessing with hair and makeup, it's not. So how many mm-hmm. people can you get in one day? Usually f- four or five is kind of my max. Um, any more than that, and I'm a little, you know, worn. It, it just yeah. is kind of taxing to, to shoot, you know, a lot. And I like to give my clients a little bit more of a personal touch. So I don't want it to feel like lather, rinse, repeat. But usually about four to five people is is what we usually book for those. And is the hair and makeup like a full hair and makeup or is it just a shorter hair and makeup? It's usually full hair and makeup. Oh, wow. Um, my, my hair and makeup artist is amazing. And she's, yeah, she, uh, within an hour, usually she's she's ready to go. So I'm so jealous of all these people who have like hair and makeup artists that like, get it done in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always takes yeah. an hour and a half with like every single person I've worked with, maybe an hour and 15 minutes if I'm lucky. <laughs> well, one thing that I've found that really helps Ashley is, is I have a styling guide and a wardrobe guide and a beauty guide that we give to our clients and I, it helps to prep them for the session. So they're told to come in with clean, dry hair no makeup. Um, so, you know, that way they're ready to go. Um, we let them know, hey, you know, make sure you put your phone on silent because we really want you to enjoy your, your experience. So we're, we try and minimize the things that could extend the session in a negative way, if that makes sense. But, um, but yeah, as far as hair and makeup goes, she, she does an amazing job and, and everybody, you know, really, she does the strip lashes as well, which, you know, all the women go, go crazy over those. But um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very efficient system. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And I love that you mentioned that you send out a prep guide. I also always prep my clients on how to prepare. I think that's so important because, mm-hmm. you know, when people don't walk in feeling prepared, they're already kind of feeling more stressed out and not exactly. feeling confident. And that's definitely not the space that like anyone wants their clients to be in mm-hmm. when they walk through the doors of our studio. Exactly. Yeah. And we go so far as to ask them what their favorite music is. So we play their favorite type of music in the studio and we have coffee and we keep you know bottles of Prosecco and, and things like that, that just kind of give that little extra touch so that people feel a little bit more comfortable. So Angie, I want to ask you, you, you said you go on location for people's shoots. Uh, mm-hmm. When you're doing that, are you going to their business space or is this something where you're having to location scout to potentially fill the, fill their needs? To, okay. This is what they want. I need to go find this type of backdrop around in the city. Or do you mm-hmm. have places that you already have in your mind where this type of image would be fantastic or how does that work? Sure. That's an excellent question too. So 99% of the time, it's usually in their place of business. Um, Most of my clients, you know, if they want something on location, it's because they have a large staff and it's just easier for us to come to them. Or it might be um, a business owner who has a great office. They've just remodeled and they really want to show it off and, and have photographs done in their office space. So when you're going to their spot and you have a personal branding shoot, is this an instance where are you including like product shoots for them as well, the entire space potentially for their website so people can see what the business location looks like? Or is it just strictly their portraits and it just so happens to have the office space in the background? Yeah, that's another good question. It's a mix of both. I don't really do a lot of product photography, although we are sort of branching into that a little bit, but it does include, you know, headshots for them on site as well as any personal branding or lifestyle images that they would want around the office. In fact, this morning, I just wrapped up some edits for an engineering firm that we photographed recently where we photographed, I want to say it was about 40 individuals there in their office. And then we styled and um, kind of set up some very casual looking things where people were interacting with each other in a conference room and things like that for them to use in their marketing. When you go on location to these offices and you're doing shots like that, especially like the lifestyle shots, is that adding any extra fee to your packages or a travel fee? Or is it just that you know that they're going to end up probably buying your top package because they're going to have so many more images to choose from? Yeah, these So these are a little trickier because there's so many different variables that come into play when we're quoting for them. So what I really do is I get as much information with them during that discovery call. And then I basically provide them with a custom quote. And I usually let them know it's a flat rate. And here's what here's what it includes. Because I don't want clients to feel like we're going to turn around and nickel and dime them for things. I'm a firm believer in being easy to work with, so I love giving a flat rate, but it is customizable depending on how many people we have to photograph, if they need hair and makeup touch-ups, if we do have to travel. I, you know, the client that I mentioned earlier, they also have a Dallas location, and we might be going there in January, so obviously that one would be um, a higher rate you know, to, to be able to travel because it's a four-hour drive you know, to get to Dallas from Houston. So it really just depends on everything that they need, but we really customize it. And then what I always do is I price anchor it with an amount per person at that point. So then it doesn't sound so overwhelming when we're like, hey, this is an eight thousand dollar, you know, session, but depend you know, based on how many people you have, it's only, you know, this much per person. And so people typically that, that usually works very well for clients. 
I love that you mentioned the price anchoring because I think that does like psychologically make a huge difference with people in understanding the value that they're Mm -hmm. getting because yeah, like a big number, like $8,000 might sound like, whoa, but when you're like, well, you have, you know, ton of employees and this is all the stuff we're doing and you itemize it out. It just creates that value for people a lot more. Exactly. Exactly. And the other thing that I think really helps that, that we do that really helps to set us apart is when we can, we will shoot tethered into my laptop on location. And so it gives clients a chance to see their headshot right then and there. And that way you don't have a situation where you photographed 40 people and then you've got five of them coming back going, well, did you, did you, you take any more shots? Can I see those? So it really helps to make that process of selection really efficient as well. I love that tip as well. That's really helpful. So one thing that I notice a lot in our members only for Sue Bryce education group is that when a photographer gets presented with these kind of jobs that are not in their like typical pricing packages, it can really trip them up and really get them stuck on like what to charge and how to figure this out and what's fair. And it's like almost puts people in like paralysis mode of not getting a quote out in time or just a lot of fear. So could you talk a little bit about how, what systems you have to make it easy for yourself to make these quotes and how you are able to do it in a way that doesn't like just shut everything down in your business Mm -hmm freak out while you're trying to develop a quote for someone that's customized? Sure. Yeah, I I think really kind of going back to the initial discovery call with the client is so important because you can't provide a solution until you know what they need. So someone might need something really unique. And if we're able to do that, you know, hair and makeup touch-ups is a great example. And we really just do that as an add-on for them. They don't have to do it, but if they want it, you know, here's what it costs. So I really just kind of look at the information from that perspective um, but it's asking the right questions, knowing what they're looking for, and then also really calculating what my day rate is, what I really want to make per day, and then also calculating and how many people we're going to photograph. You know, if it's 500 people, we can't really do that in a day. Obviously, that would need to be broken up in you know to two separate days. If there is travel, you know, that obviously is included you know, or has to be calculated into figuring that out. But it's really, it, it can feel very overwhelming at first. But I think if, as long as you know, okay, here's what my time is worth. Here's what my day rate needs to be. What is, what can I realistically, how many people can I realistically photograph within this time period? And then just really being the subject matter expert for your client to say, you know, kind of setting those realistic expectations. You know, if they want a lot of different shots around the office, that does take some time to set up in style. So building that into the time frame is really important, you know, and letting them know that. So, Angie, I want to go uh, back a little bit to the, the discussion of the discovery call. Uh, mm-hmm. So you have a client that potentially calls you. And what if they don't necessarily have the answer of what exactly they want, but they would want to potentially leave it up to you? Do you ever go in mm-hmm. and do any form of research on their brand, their you know business themselves even, to kind of customize what you can provide for them? Sure. Yeah. In fact, what I usually will do, and I kind of learned this trick from my recruitment days, is 
a bit of a sleuth. And so I'll jump on the internet and pull up their website, trying to find out as much as I can about them. And quite often, too, a lot of people, if they're starting out, and real estate agents are a great example, sometimes they're just getting into the field and the first thing they realize that they need are headshots because they need that visual content to go ahead and, you know, get their business cards, get their listing signs together, get their HAR profiles set up, you know, all the things that you need to do when you're starting a business. And sometimes they don't know what they need. So one thing that I have put together for them, and I I have an amazing marketing person that I partner with, and we collaborate on things quite a bit. And she's helped me immensely with my digital marketing. But we come up with a kind of a marketing resource guide for them. And so that's something if someone books a personal branding session, they get that as well. And it's just a bit of a guide to help them figure out, okay, you know, now I have these images, what can I do with them? So it's, it's helping them kind of go down the path in the right way. And, and kind of, again, you're, you're being more of a photographer you know, to them when you're able to provide them with resources and information that can help their business. Okay. So what do you say? What can they potentially use it for if, you know, if you're trying to sell it to them? Sure. So I think it depends on the industry, but, you know, real estate, for example, you know, gosh, there's just unlimited places where they can use their images, you know, um, Facebook, social media, TikTok is a big one now that a lot of people are using um, for their branding, definitely their website, email signatures, um, videos, um, you're embedding, you know, some images and videos and things like that. Um, yeah, it, it's, we live in a more you know, visual world now than I think we ever have in terms of business and, and having that personal branded image is so much more important than I think it ever has been. Definitely. So while you're on the shoot, are you potentially thinking about, okay, this particular uh, composition, this image, do you shoot for what they could potentially need uh, for their business? Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. I obviously, go in with a plan. I'm very OCD and organized, and I love having that game plan in place. It makes me feel more confident going into a session knowing, okay, here's what I have to execute and capture for them. But then I also let that creative process take over and think, oh, gosh, well, you know, the, the client I mentioned earlier, the engineering firm, they had a, a coffee mug in the conference room that had their logo on it. And so I did just kind of a really up close shot of the coffee mug where you could still see it was in the conference room. And I thought, you know, that's kind of helping them in a way create their own Adobe stock imagery for them to use in their, their marketing. So I I do try and guide them a little bit, you know, through that too. And especially if we're on location and we see something, I'll make a suggestion and quite often they're like, Oh yeah, I never even thought about that. That would be great to do. When you do the reveal with a client, I'm thinking more, of like not something that had a flat rate, but just where you're doing mm-hmm. an actual reveal. I know with like portraits, we're always trying to like explain like, oh, this particular image would be like great on the wall or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this would look great in an album as like a series on a layout or something. So are you kind of doing a similar thing with the branding portraits where you're like, oh my gosh, like this one is such a great LinkedIn profile, but this one screams Instagram. Like, are you kind of selling the photos that way or how do you, or do you just let the photos speak from, for themselves and you're just really quiet or how do you walk people through the reveal process? Yeah, no, that's another great question. I absolutely do that. In fact, I love shooting on seamless papers because you can expand them and stretch them so easily in Photoshop. And so I love creating multiple crops and I'll show people, even, you know, when I'm doing my reveals, I do those through Capture One, but I'll just grab my um, crop tool real quick and show them, hey, look, if you offset this, this is an awesome space for negative or negative space where you can overlay copy. 
And then I, you know, will tell them about certain apps where they can hop in and, and grab your know, text and then have something really easy to put out there. And I think once they realize sometimes how easy it is to do that, they're not so intimidated to do that. And you actually see their marketing grow because they're using their images more. But yeah, absolutely. I'm, you know, letting them know, hey, I remember you said you needed this wide, you know, image for your website, you know, homepage. This would be a great contender for that. I love that. I think that's so powerful. And I think it really goes back to sometimes people get stuck with selling like personal branding, but it's really the same as selling, you know, a wall portrait. You just need to think about it in terms of what the client is going to need it, but it's ultimately Mm -hmm. the same process, basically. Exactly. And and a lot of times too, the other thing that we do now is, I, I don't know what the real term is, we call them extractions, where we go in Photoshop and you know, remove them from the backdrop. And then that way they can overlay that onto you know, a different backdrop image. You know, real estate agents love that because you know they love to be in front of a listing that they have. And so those are some services that we offer now too, or options mm. that we can offer when we're doing the editing and people are like, oh my gosh, yeah, I never even thought about that. And so again, you're helping them use their, their content more, which you're adding value you know, at that point too. Yeah, it's funny you brought that up because I actually um, photographed an entire law firm in my town and it's like a corporate law firm. So there were corporate requirements on the images and one of them that the background be removed and they like definitely drop the lawyers in on different backgrounds and it's just funny because I see my image pop up a lot but it's always on a different background and I mean I love that they're using it it's just funny because I'm like I took that photo but it looks totally (laughs) that looks familiar (laughs) I I know exactly that way (laughs) but it's it's really it's actually like a really cool service and I was able to um in the quote just like you said add it at when I found out that that's one of the things they needed, mm-hmm. I was able to like tack on an additional per image per person fee for all the like, tra- I call it transparent background, like PNG mm-hmm. file, but however right. you want to call it. Um, right. Yeah. And it just made the quote a lot more profitable as well to be able to do that. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great idea. I have an, an attorney that we photographed several months ago and she completely blew up Instagram with those. And it's funny because I'll hop on and, and look at her information and it's like, oh yeah, I took that one. And I love how she, she gives me ideas because she's been so creative with how she's gone in and used those. So it's, it's really cool to see that. So normally uh, business branding shoots, I, from what I've seen, are usually less expensive than say the full shoot, but yours seems to be fairly well priced and lucrative as well. Um, is there ever an instance where you ever think, you know what, they don't, you know, they want more, they want, you know, more beauty shots, more something a little bit less than, or a little bit more than branding. So mm-hmm. do you ever try to upsell them into a different full blown package that you might have in uh, like a beauty packages or do you just strictly try to keep it as personal branding and then potentially sell them on a, a different shoot at a different time? Yeah, that's interesting. For me, the personal branding is we're personalizing it. So we had a, a group of women come in that, believe it or not, run an assisted living facility in the woodlands here in Houston. And they wanted something with a very Kardashian feel to it. So we just kind of gave it that vibe and, and okay. you know, 
made it a little bit less stuffy um, and more, you know, fashion-y, so to speak, because that's what they wanted. So we were really customizing that. But, you know, I, I, the, the branding, the, the pricing really is very comparable to what our portrait pricing is. Um, you know, the session fee is also $1,290. There's also a $500 print credit. So it, I, I like it set up like that because I feel like it's just a little bit easier transition simply because we do get a lot of clients that come in for headshots and personal branding that wind up hiring us for portrait sessions as well. Um, they don't necessarily do them at the same time, you know, sometimes because they might have someone in their family that they want to be included or they might not have time that day, especially if they're with a group of people. Um, but they do sometimes transition and open, you know, um, into additional sessions down the line. So I personally just really like keeping that pricing very similar because I think it just makes it less convoluted. But um, yeah, I guess to answer your original question, we really just, we customize them based on what they need. So I love that, Angie. And I actually do the exact same thing. My packages for personal branding and for just like a portrait shoot, whether it's boudoir or glam or mother daughter or whatever, mm-hmm. it's actually all the same sitting fee and packages. The only thing that's different is that in the branding package, they get a few more images because it's just digitals. And mm-hmm. in the like, you know, personal, whether it's boudoir or um, glamour, they just get a few, like literally two less images, but they're getting the prints in the folio box. So mm-hmm. it's all the numbers are the same. I don't need to like remember a bunch of different sets of like package numbers. It makes me more confident when right. I'm talking about it. And then also, I don't know, it doesn't sound like this happens to you as much, but I got a lot of split sessions. So even just the other day, I shot someone who wanted headshots and then wanted boudoir. So they come mm-hmm. in, yeah. we do light makeup, we do their headshots, then we like do the full voluminous hair, all the glam makeup, and then do all the sexy shots. And that's like all in one thing. And it just makes it so much easier because I have the same package pricing. So it's just a matter of like, okay, well, you know, we if you only needed two headshots, we'll just do this single a la carte images for those right. and then we'll just do the boudoir package and it just makes it so easy to communicate versus like this is my personal branding menu and it's some completely different yeah structure to it I, I agree a hundred percent because you can't just it's not black and white like it does bleed over and the irony is when I photographed I did a fabulous over 40 campaign um, that wrapped up last May and I would say 80% or more of those clients also wanted headshots. And so even though they were coming in for portraits, we would do hair and makeup for headshots and then just kind of, you know, make the eyes a little bit more dramatic or change lip color, you know, and and maybe style hair a little different for the the portrait part of that. Um, So it's, yeah, they definitely bleed over. And I agree having just having everything be similar um, with the session fee it just makes so much more sense because then you're right. You don't want someone coming in for a different session and they're like, Oh my God, will you charge me this for this? And now this is so much less. Like they feel, I think they would feel a little bit gypped, you know, at that. But, um, and, but yeah, for us, it definitely keeps it a little bit more straightforward. Yeah, totally. And now is the time where we open it up to audience questions. So if any of you are listening live and you have a question, just go ahead and hit that hand icon in the lower right hand part of your screen and we can bring you up on stage to ask your question. 
Um, Kevin, I'm just going to toss it to you in the meantime while we're waiting for questions to roll in. No worries. Uh, so earlier you had said you have a marketing person, and I kind of want to know what also makes up the rest of your team. Um, do you have an assistant? Are you uh, outsourcing, retouching to potentially that assistant? Who, who makes up mm-hmm. your, the, your entire ecosystem there? Yeah, I cannot do it all alone. That's for sure. And so I do have an amazing team. So my hair and makeup artist, um, Stephanie, does a fantastic job with our clients. There's no way I could do what she does. And she gets them feeling comfortable and photo ready for sure. I just brought on a new assistant um, a couple months ago. Her name is Abby. And she is amazing. She's a mind reader. Um, I love her. She's great at capturing or noticing the little things like we'll be in position and ready to take a headshot and or portrait and someone's necklace is crooked and and she's just right there to straighten those things up or you know set up for the next shot so she just helps to orchestrate things so smoothly so she's been a very integral part of of my business and we're starting um, she's starting to do some video work and capture behind the scenes um, you know doing a lot of the things that I can't do when we're shooting sessions so she's um, been a variable a very valuable asset to the team so um, so Stephanie of course and then Abby and then I also outsource retouching. Um, again, I, I I love retouching from time to time, but it's not something I want to spend all day doing. And you, you can't shoot and make money and run a business when you're doing everything. Um, you really have to, I think, know what your strengths and weaknesses are and then outsource the things that you can let go so that you can focus on you know, growing your business and, and doing other things. So I, I have an amazing retoucher. Um, his name is Paul Warner. If anybody, I'm sure quite a few people here know him. Um, he does a phenomenal job with my work and I, I couldn't do what I do without him. And then my marketing person, yes, her name is Nicole. Um, she's based in the Chicago area and um, she is my right hand. Again, she knows, I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to digital marketing, but Nicole is the guru. And so she's the one that knows how all the Facebook ads work and how the SEO works and how blogs work and what you should be doing with this. And, you know, again, I helped her. She helped me immensely in designing my, my website, but I couldn't have done, you know, what I did without her. So I have, I'm very, very fortunate to have an amazing group of people. Would you say that you lean more into digital marketing or in-person marketing or is it like, and when I say in-person marketing, I mean, networking mm-hmm. groups, networking meetings, that kind of thing. Um, or do you think it's like a 50-50 split for you? How do you run your marketing? Sure. So it's still very heavily focused on digital marketing. I think because of COVID, some of the networking things I was doing were you know kind of put on hold, although I am trying to get back into that. But the, the catch is now, Nicole's done such a great job for me with my digital marketing that I'm so busy with leads that I don't really have a lot of time to go and network, um, which is a good problem to have. So there's there's definitely a lot of the the clients that I'm getting are from you know, the marketing is you know uh, being effective through the digital marketing things that we're doing um, you know Google AdWords and um, you know things like that. But then also too, I've been in business now enough that I'm getting repeat clients that are coming back um, clients that we've done headshots for you know three and four years ago need new headshots or they've changed careers or they changed their hair and they need you know updated headshots. So I'm getting a lot of repeat clients and then definitely a lot of referrals now too. So I would say probably a good 60 to 70% is digital marketing. Clients are coming from you know, either Facebook ads or um, you know, looking, finding me on Google because of Google AdWords, things like that. 
but then the other um, portion, you know, is definitely repeat clients and referrals. So one question I have for you is with all the leads that come in from digital marketing, do you ever feel like overwhelmed with keeping up for them? Is there anything you do on your website to kind of pre-qualify people so that you're truly getting serious leads? How do you handle that? That's a good question. Nicole and I have been talking about that. Um, you know, it is hard to call every single person back and, you know, chase people down. You, you really do need some, you almost need, I almost need to outsource that, but I'm not quite ready to let that go. And I don't know if I really want to, but I do have a, a CRM that I use that helps to track those. And then as far as, you know, kind of pre-qualifying them with pricing, we do have some pricing on the website, but I am, my pricing is a little bit higher than others. And so I don't really want to like blast a whole price list because I feel like at that point, people don't quite know the value. I think the value is communicated when you're asking them the right questions and learning about them. So we, we, we've kind of tried that a little bit and we're still uh, trying to you know, find the right balance for that. Yeah, I totally hear you. I'm kind of in a similar place where I have a lot of amazing digital marketing that brings in tons of leads, but sometimes it can be hard to find time in the day to also mm-hmm. call back all the leads in the quick Time. Yeah. So I really like to get in contact with people within, you know, optimally would be 24 hours, but definitely mm-hmm. no more than 48 hours. And sometimes right. this just feels like, oh my gosh, this is a champagne problem, but also yeah. like, it's also a problem, you know? Um, one thing, yeah. I don't know if this will help you, but one thing that I did recently and it has mm-hmm. been, um, kind of amazing is on my contact form, I actually put like a checkbox that says what my sitting fee starting price is. And um, it says like, you know, start starting packages, minimum investment is blah, blah, blah. And, you know, a, like a few words about what that includes. And then it says like, yes, I understand that packages start at that price or like, mm. no, that's not going to work for me. Essentially, it says it a little more elegantly than that. But um, (laughs) I have actually been, you know, since I did that about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I've still been getting inquiries. I was really afraid I would just stop getting inquiries. And lots of people, well, all the people who've inquired have obviously like checked, yes, that they're fine with that. And then when I get them on the phone, I feel like it's a lot easier of a conversation because like, I know that they know that they weren't checked, you know? So, um, I was really afraid to do that for a long time because like I said, I thought if I put, you know, cause actually my, my starting price is 900. So I thought, you know, if I put that out there, no one's going to book me, but as it turns out they do. And this is still people finding me from my Google ads, from my Facebook ads, um, from Instagram. So mm-hmm. it's, it is a really helpful thing. I would just encourage anyone out there that's struggling to maybe try that and not be so afraid of it. Yeah, I love that idea. In fact, I will definitely talk to Nicole about that and we'll brainstorm because it's, you're right, it's a champagne problem. I love that saying. I'm going to start using that from now on. I, I used to say it's a first world problem, but I like the champagne problem. That, that sounds more, a little bit more posh. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I actually, I really like that idea. So I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. So Angie, when it comes to marketing and putting your ads out there, how much are you <laughs> spending to get on Google ads to do Facebook marketing? Oh, goodness. 
I should know this answer. I'd have to probably deflect to Nicole for, <laughs> for a definitive answer on that one. But I believe it's about 900, I think is what we kind of targeted for budgeting for Facebook ads. Um, Google AdWords is a little uh, less than that. But I should know the answer to that, Kevin, and I'm embarrassed yeah, no that I don't. But, you know, it's, again, this is a champagne problem, right? Like I've been so busy shooting clients and, and doing all the other things. But um, it, it's it's around a thousand a month, I would say, uh, gotcha. for the digital marketing spend. Yeah. Now, to a lot of people, that might sound like a lot. Mm-hmm. Can you explain why it potentially isn't and how that benefits your business? Sure. You book one client from it and you've paid for it. One client. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm shooting probably on average two to three clients a week and, and, and averaging that 4K sale. So yeah, it's definitely worth your, your investment without a doubt. Yeah. And I'd also say, Angie, for people listening um, that wonder about like investing in ads is it's also, you know, a time saver because if mm-hmm. you're not having to go out into networking groups, look, I love going to networking groups. COVID has made it. So like you said, it's been much more difficult thing to do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, networking groups are a big time investment and it's a lot of hustle. And so if you yeah. can be getting those leads and have time to be doing other um, marketing activities, that aren't as time heavy as in-person networking. It's sort of that um, time cost, you know, ratio of like what is worth it because time is money in your business. And if you're busy shooting, you know, when I have big shooting weeks, I definitely don't feel like going out and being with other people at a networking group afterwards. Um, And the other thing is some of those networking groups are quite expensive and a big investment. I know when I was in BNI, not only did it cost, I want to say it cost like 1500 a year or something like that. But Ooh. then there was the like weekly, cause it's a weekly meeting. There was a weekly lunch, which with tip and everything, um, tax and tip ran about $40 a week. I mean, yeah, that's still really like, yeah, it adds up. It may not be as much as the ads, but I also don't think I was getting as many clients from it as I get from the ads. So yeah. it really like, I, I, you know, it's going to depend for every single person, but I just would encourage people to, it a thousand dollars could sound really expensive, but think about the money you're making. If you're making a 10 K month, then is a thousand dollars that bad of an investment? Yeah, and, and there are some other strategic things you can do that still kind of fall under the category of networking, but that are a little bit a better return on your investment. And a great one if you have a great chamber of commerce, you know, being a part of that or being an ambassador with them. You know, the one that I'm a part of, it's it's one meeting a month, but you know, they're a really engaged chamber. So if you're shooting headshots and personal branding, I mean, that's a goldmine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wouldn't encourage anyone to like give up in-person networking at all. I think it's definitely super valuable. You just have to be picky and choosy with your time. And I was just trying to point out why people might invest in advertising, you know, $1,000 a month and it not feel like this burden of an expense, but it might actually be like a joyful expense because it's bringing you clients. Exactly. Yeah. So like with that BNI, if it doesn't work out for you, then that, those are funds that could obviously just be transferred into, you know, targeted marketing on Facebook or, or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or Google. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, and I think with BNI, it can be really hit or miss in my personal experience. Um, I think it depends on like your, and same thing with the Chamber of Commerce. It's always going to depend on like how engaged a particular networking group is, the types of businesses that are in it, all that, you know. So sometimes it can take a while to find the right networking group. And sometimes people are lucky and just fall into a perfect networking group right off the bat. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I always try and think of things in terms of, okay, if I'm spending this, what really is my return? And then I kind of compare it to one session. Um, I'm in talks right now with a company about shooting some video for us. And when you look at the quote, it's like, ouch, yeah, that stings. But then you think, if I get one client out of this, it'll pay for itself, you know? And then when you think of things in those terms, and then realistically also thinking, will it generate business? You know, if it's something kind of obscure, maybe not so much, it might be higher risk. But when it comes to digital marketing, especially Facebook ads, you know, you kind of be silly not to do it. Um, So Angie, with LinkedIn, for instance, is improving their uh, marketing to my understanding Mm -hmm. and personal branding, you know, being so heavily tied to the blue collar working, I mean, excuse me, white collar working that is on LinkedIn do you do you use it at all? Have you checked into how it could potentially help your business? You know, I should. I, I did at one point, and it really wasn't fruitful. I felt like I was just spamming messages out to people, but I would definitely entertain the idea of trying to strategically work it again. I used the irony is I used LinkedIn extensively when I was in HR recruitment. Um, but I don't really touch it now with, with personal branding, but I should, that could actually be a goldmine an untapped goldmine. So I would be all ears on how to, to do that effectively where it's not, um, spammy, if that makes sense. I I hate those, you know, you, everybody gets those emails. Hey, you know, have we got a deal for you? You know, blah, blah. that always turns me off. So I don't want to be that person, but yeah, if there's a way to, um, to utilize LinkedIn in an effective way, I'd be all up for that. Well, we have Nicole on the stage. Is this the Nicole that is your marketing person? It is. Welcome, Nicole. (laughs) Thank you. I'm over here. You guys can't see me blushing behind my ring light. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to just jump in and say Angie knows her numbers. She thinks she doesn't, but you're right on Angie. I double checked them for you. And I wanted you to, (laughs) I wanted everyone to know that she knows them. We do aim, she's right, for somewhere around $1,000 a month. She's been doing this a really long time. So um, I love that you told other people that that might feel like a lot. It certainly has, I'm sure, in her first three months. We weren't together in her first three months that she did it. It probably felt like a lot and maybe slow moving, but she's been doing it a while. So the algorithm really has figured out who her people are. And this month she's at $1,250. So she usually doesn't go too far over $1,400, but we try to keep it based on whatever the market's doing, somewhere hovering around that $1,000 mark. And um, it's been working. Sometimes I have to call her and ask her, does she want me to turn off the faucet? And, <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't want to break anything. And I'm like, okay, it's, okay. And it's working. Just keep it going. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's my famous so. verse, cynical. I'm like, I don't want to break it, Nicole. You, you <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So yeah, so we do try to make sure that our spend stays, you know, stays right around there. And um, and it works for her. And I, I'm um, happy to see that it does because I always tell people it takes a little bit up front, but when you can get to that thousand dollar mark consistently, um, yeah, the platform learns you, your people learn you and it works out. That's all I wanted. I just want to back you up with some numbers. Uh, yeah, I love that. I really appreciate that. Cause I think it's important for people to hear and understand. Mm-hmm. 
Well, well, we have you on stage. If I can ask you a question, a few questions. Oh, jeez, this is why I hesitated. <laughs> like, no, nah, no worry, don't worry. It's not solving no, calculus. Ahead. It's just. <laughs> uh, so, what have you seen from her numbers, uh, views wise, where people are coming from? Where have you seen it be more lucrative and inquiries coming from? Is it more from Facebook? Is it more from Instagram? Is it Google Ads? Yeah. So her people are making a decision on Facebook. She may influence um, on Instagram for sure. She, she does some beautiful work there that people love and take advantage of that. But her, someone with um, their wallet out or at least thinking with their wallet, they're on Facebook and they're making that decision. Um, she is right. Even when you reach out to her, she isn't, um, she isn't the impulse buy. She's not the candy bar. You know, they, they definitely are considering what they're about to get into by filling out a form with her. So we, we find that um, she can convert somebody on Facebook, like inside the platform in a Facebook form. Um, she can convert them. Um, we even see a little bit of higher quality if they've come to her website um, and, you know, through Facebook ad, but then land on her website. But um, we're, yeah, so we're seeing just a lot of impressions and she's gotten really good with who she's talking to or her voice. Like it's really clear to me who I need to write for when I write for her. Um, I try to get in anyone's head when I'm writing for them, but hers comes across nice and clear. And um, we're seeing a lot there. She, she certainly um, does well inside of Google AdWords um, and gets a lot of views, but we're watching the numbers convert on Facebook ads every time. And Nicole, just a question for you, because um, sometimes people get confused. Obviously, Facebook owns Instagram. And when you run a Facebook ad, you can choose to run it also on the Instagram platform. So do you guys like leave out Instagram as a place yes. where you run ads? Yeah, we turn it off. We turn it okay. off. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Why is that? And then we will also um, turn off just strategy. A lot of times. So, okay. So I'll also say that we also turn off a few different placements inside of Facebook as well. Um, we'll, we'll monitor them. I like everything performance tested. I don't, I, I like to think with her wallet, like it's mine, any client wallet. I'd like to, you know, test something out for X amount of days to make sure. But, you know, we might have a placement inside of a story and inside a feed, but we're not putting a placement inside of marketplace for her, for an example. And you can choose all of those as a setting. Um, I don't, we, we don't, um, performance test or find that it's working inside of Instagram for someone to convert on her high ticket. Um, and, and other photographers across the country from here to Australia, I find that they just, it's just not quite converting. And I'd love to hear if somebody else had a different experience. I haven't seen it. Um, they might convert on something smaller or if there was an opt-in, a lead magnet, but I find that people only come to the internet for two reasons or come to an app that's like social media for two reasons. It's either to learn something, so education or entertainment. And so if they're checked out of life for a minute because they need a minute at work or in the pharmacy line, God knows I'm a pre-K mom. There's always a pharmacy line I feel like in my life. But if they're, if they're checked out of life for a minute, if they go to Instagram, they're not always in a spending mindset. And we want to catch, since she's talking to those that are business branding, we want to catch them when they're thinking with their wallet and people just will do it more. So her, her target will do it more. So inside of Facebook, whether they feel comfortable or trusted or they've bought things there before, whereas it seems like Instagram still entertaining them. I love that you pointed that out. And I think it's important to know that like, yeah, understanding how you can turn on and off placements in the Facebook ads manager, understanding exactly how Facebook ads work and having, um, the ability to understand how you can split test and test ads and 
see what's working for your audience and track those um, key performance indicators is super important for anyone who is going to spend money in ads. You definitely don't want to spend $1,000 without being very strategic about what you're doing with that $1,000 and you want to make sure it's working for you. So thanks so much for pointing all that out for us, Nicole. My pleasure. So Angie, with all of the stuff that you're giving Nicole to do, um, are you giving her carte blanche? Like you just handle it all. Just go ahead. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've heard her speak now, so you know, and I, you know, confessed earlier, I know enough to be dangerous, but I, I don't, I'm not an expert in those things. And so, yeah, I, I trust her implicitly. And, you know, it, I, that trust came through working with her and seeing what the results that she was able to produce. And so, you know, it definitely comes through through that tried and, and true, you know, tried and tested method. But yeah, it, she just, I, I, I love her ideas and she'll run things by me. And sometimes I have an epiphany in the middle of the night and I'll, you know, message her the next morning. Hey, what do you think about this? And she'll say in a very nice way, well, maybe we should try this. And I'm like, okay, I trust your judgment. You know? <laughs> or sometimes she's like, oh, Angie, that's a cool idea. Let's try that. So we're constantly, you know, brainstorming with each other, but she's, you know, the, the wizard behind the curtain making it all work. Mm-hmm. So what type of content are you actually having her produce for you? Is it written copy? Is it, are you creating commercials that she's, uh, or video that she creates into like a commercial for yourself that she's then posting on your behalf or what exactly are you putting onto the different ads? Sure. So a lot of it is, yeah, the verbiage that goes along with the Facebook ads and, and kind of the this targeting messaging and how to, you know, word it so that Facebook doesn't ding you for it. You know, I think if you use the word you too many times, that doesn't work, you know, for example. Um, so it's it's a lot of that. We're in the process of kind of revamping blogs and doing some newsletters. So there's a lot that's coming down the pike. Um, that hasn't you know come out yet. Um, like I said to you, we're about to start some video stuff as well. So, um, but yeah, a lot of it is is just in the marketing. And, you know, we did a total revamp of the website recently, so that was very strategic going through and making sure the wording was right and that certain you know things were on there and in certain ways and um, in certain places. And you know, the contact form is kind of embedded throughout the whole website now, which is super cool. I love that. So. Um, we only have a few minutes left. So I want to ask you this one question, which is what advice would you give to a photographer who is just getting started in this world of personal brand photography? I would say it, it can be very lucrative, of course, but find out why you enjoy it. And your headshots and personal branding is not for everyone. I think if you really enjoy the super creative shoots, then you might not enjoy personal branding as much. I mean, it can be very creative, but not in, hey, let's do this outrageous makeup look with this hair piece. Like you're not going to get personal branding clients that want you to do that. It's definitely more, it sings more to, or where I find fulfillment is helping people you know, create the, the content they need to grow their businesses. And, and you're helping them, you know, the people like us that are entrepreneurs and want to grow, you're, you're kind of helping them along the way by creating that content for them. So I think you really have to be passionate about that genre to, to go down that path to shoot it. I agree. And I think you kind of have to also have a little bit of a passion for marketing too, because, you know, the more you book these clients, the more you also have to sometimes be in that seat of educating people 
like you said earlier, about how they're going to use these images for the business, how these images are going to be a huge return on investment for them. And even though sometimes people know that, sometimes um, our clients don't have a visual-based business. So they're they're yeah. kind of relying on us to tell them you know, what's going to look good and what's going to make them money. So I think also it's important for people to to have that passion for marketing as well as photography. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you have to be business savvy. You have to be able to, to really know how to help people and, and also photograph people that don't enjoy being in front of the camera. Let's face it. We get a lot of people that are like, you know, my company's making me do this or you know, I'd rather be at the dentist today than doing this. And so I think that the other fulfillment that I find from shooting this genre is really helping people get comfortable in front of the camera, or at least to the point where they see their headshots and they're like, okay, now I'm excited about putting this out in the real world because I you know, feel like it looks like me. So I think that's, that's really important. Yeah. And I think that that's so much where like Sue Bryce education ties into personal branding because I mean, the biggest thing that I've always took away from the many millions of things I've learned from Sue and her videos has been how to make every woman or every person feel and look amazing on camera. And I think whether Mm -hmm. they want a boudoir shoot or glamour shoot, or they just have these photos for their business, that's ultimately what people want. They want to look good in their photos and they want to be feeling confident when they get in front of the camera for you. So I think that that's why this genre really does tie in so nicely to all the teachings that Sue offers. Absolutely. People want to feel seen and heard. And if you can make them feel seen, that's half the battle. And and I agree. And I think I've learned so much from Sue Brad's education in terms of how to photograph people, how to get the right angles, how to make people feel comfortable, the things that I say. And I have some clients that come back and they always laugh because I'll say, okay, move this way just to tickle because I just love how that sounds and people get it. And so I say that a lot. And so people, you know, the, all those tips and tricks and you know everything has just really culminated into this um, this part of my business, and I absolutely love it. Fantastic. Well, Angie, it has been such a pleasure having you on with us today. Uh, extremely informative. Uh, we have hit the one hour mark, but before we let you go, I want to be sure that our listeners know where to find you. Uh, so if you can please share your socials with us. Sure. So I'm on, uh, my website is AngieLewis.com, A-N-G-I, no E, uh, A-N-G-I-L-E-W-I-S.com. I'm on Instagram under Angie Lewis Photography, and then also on uh, Facebook, Angie Lewis Photography as well. Fantastic. Everyone, please, please be sure to follow Angie. Uh, And also make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and on Facebook as well. And be sure to check out the blog posts that are associated with this Clubhouse interview at suebriceeducation.com forward slash blog. You can also follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And you can find me at poplight underscore photography. To continue your knowledge in personal branding, you can always check out Nikki Klosser's uh, new course at theportraitmasters.com. Uh, if you are a member of Sue Bryce Education and you have more questions for Angie, Ashley, or myself, you can go tag us in a post in the SBE member, Members Only Facebook group. Uh, and if you are not a member of Sue Bryce Education and you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, email Ella in support at support at suebriceeducation.com. Thank you for joining us and we hope to see you next week. 
Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-Day Startup Challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. 